You're listening to Hump Day News and Rumors on Mousecapades Radio. Get ready for something majestic. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Happy Hump Day, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Stephanie and one of our Your Story Travel Company colleagues, Sarah. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 684, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Today, we'll be bringing you all the latest Disney rumors and news to help your week be a bit more magical. The Mousecapades podcast is a part of Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, one of us would be glad to help. You can text us. We have Sarah, Vicki, or myself, Stephanie, at 636-395-0544. Or email us at yourstorytravel.com, and we'd be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package, so contact one of us today. So... Rock and Roller Coaster has been closed for multiple days now. Um, it happened last Wednesday. We were there. And when we got to the park, it was closed. So this is December 29th. And Joey was determined that he was going to ride Rock and Roller Coaster. Now, keep in mind, Brad's been back with me one time since 2019. And I've been back three times. Kaylee's been back two times. So we've had the opportunity. Now, we did not go to the Rock and Roll, to uh, Hollywood Studios, both of those are all three times. I didn't, but I really wanted to write it too. However, we had, I'm trying to think what we were going to see. We were going to see something. Joey was determined to write it. And then it looked like they started showing on the Genie, Genie Plus app that you could start writing it at 1240 and this was like 1145 or something so we went to go do what we were doing and for the life of me right now cannot think what that was um and joey decided not to go with us he decided to wait out to see if, if he waited by rock and roller coaster if he could be one of the first people in the line and he was he was on the very first car when they reopened they were open for possibly 30 minutes, probably was more like 20 based on what Joey was saying, because he was thinking about hopping back in the line because the line was pretty short. People didn't know it was open yet. And, um, but then it went down and it was down again. So we kept watching for the rest of the week while we were there to see if we could find anything out, find any stories or whatever. Well, Brad finally found a story that said that the college program kids and other uh, permanent cast members for this ride got COVID from a cast, I mean, from a guest that must have come in there with a fever and passed the germs around. And it was pretty rapid. Like Sarah was telling us before we started recording that this, this, uh, what is it? Omicron? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Is very, very contagious. And so it like wiped out most of the staff, but they thought, well, we'll just try to run it with this skeletal crew. Well, apparently it wasn't possible, you know, cause they have, Disney, that is one thing Disney is good about. They have a certain amount of people. They know how to make things work. So it's smoothly kind of like Chick-fil-A. If you go there through the drive-thru and they have a big long line, that kind of thing. They have a process. Well, we don't know for sure if that's true or if somebody just made up that rumor while we were down there. But whatever the reason, it's still not open. So 
not sure what's going on at the rock and roller coaster we will let you know as soon as we know for sure what happened but we do think it's really weird because it, it's been enough days yeah and you would definitely think that if it was you know because of staffing they could just get other like i think that staff members should be able to work more than one ride which is what brad said yeah so you would think they would have just shifted things around a little bit and gotten (laughs) some of the other employees to work there well that particular day i know i messaged you guys because we were devastated because day yeah (laughs) we were devastated because first of all um we were going to lightning lane rise so we could finally say that we did rise but of course they because we weren't on this was the downside to not being on property they were all sold out before we were ever let in the park Mm. so that was just out so we were going to maybe do standby um and so that isn't what joey ended up doing he skipped our dinner reservation we just told them at cape may that he was not coming with us and they just took him off our thing they don't care i don't think as long as part of your party shows up and they make money and so um, he got in line, like I told you guys that my friends did when we went with uh, Flight of Passage. He got in line and I think it was 10 to nine before the, no, it was 20 to nine before the park closed. He got in the line and at nine o'clock, it said it was gonna be a 90 minute wait, I believe. And he waited 20 minutes. Once the park was closed, they were through the everything. He was on the ride within 20 minutes. Nice. So we went to eat dinner and he thought he was gonna have to take an Uber but by the time he got out of the ride and we finished dinner, it was about the same time. So he rode a boat, caught up with us, and then he didn't have to take an Uber. But anyway. Did he say it was worth it? Oh, yeah. Good. It's worth it. <laughs> it's a top competitor between Flight of Passage for sure. Wow. So he was very, very excited. But he has recently got into Star Wars, so I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. He's, like, really into the hype now and understands it better. And so I think that makes it even better for people. Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely enjoy this ride no matter who you are or what you enjoy. But if you are a Star Wars fan, it makes it that much better. Yeah. Really wanted to do it, but. I know. What a bummer. October's coming. (laughs) Yes. Well, back to that original story. I'm still very, like, I don't know what is going on with Rock and Roller Coaster. It's just such a bummer because I feel like. Hollywood Studios, there's not a ton of rides and there's already such long wait times. So having some of those bigger rides shut down really affects the wait times. Like yeah. they're, they need to fix it quick. That's all I have to say. The thing was that when we arrived, not only were the lighting lanes um, sold out, but within the first 20 minutes we were there, then Rise and Rock and Roller Coaster were both down. And then Tower of Terror joined them and then Mickey's Runaway ra- Railway and Slinky Dog. And so we were like, okay, the first day that we decided to do Genie Plus, this was dumb, dumb, dumb on our part. Did you get it refunded? You probably could have if you went to guest service and that many things were out and... I guess so. We used it for other stuff. We just did like... Muppets and... <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't do Muppets. They were laughing at me for that one. Toy Story Midway Mania. Aliens alien swirling saucers nobody wanted to do that smugglers run um indiana jones star tours no i love star tours i'm sorry i don't do i can't do the oh okay 
motion thing. I was gonna say she's for those of you who cannot see her right now, <laughs> she's, she's going back and forth. <laughs> she's doing a little. But dive. what were you gonna say, Sarah? You wonder what? Sorry, as you take a drink. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, yeah, back to the original story. Um, the the person, the rumor. Did they? I wonder if this person got on it five times in a row, or were they walking up to all the cast members and, you know, because I know Omicron is very contagious, super contagious, but it I, it just it seems For odd for cast members <laughs> to get it yeah. from one person who was just riding the ride. It seems totally, it seems very fabricated. I, I mean, I don't. I could absolutely see that it is possible that many cast members could become sick, but from one individual that's coming through the ride, that's the part that I find a little. Maybe that one person had a fever, but the rest of his family, it was a big family. There were a lot of big families. That's a possibility. Mm, yeah. I just don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe Disney will release something, but I doubt it. Probably not. So, uh, Typhoon Lagoon reopened on Sunday, January 2nd, and this is big news because, if you remember correctly, it has not been open since March of 2020 when the original closure happened. Stitch was at the park welcoming guests, and um, if you want to see him, he is still, just like the other characters, being socially distanced, so you can find him behind a rope at Typhoon Lagoon Surf Pool. Um, and then you can just go get your little picture with them, say aloha. Um, the funny thing though about, and the kind of sad thing about this whole Typhoon Lagoon being opened is it was kind of short-lived. <laughs> they yeah. had low temperatures for Monday and it caused Disney to close the water park. So, so it was mean, like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> it's open, it's closed. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sure the temperature will rise quickly and it will be back open again. Yes. <laughs> it lived its one day of excitement. Everybody was excited for one day. Yeah. <laughs> well, another budget cut has affected the holiday season at Walt Disney World. Um, if you were there over New Year's, you might have noticed that the paper hats and noisemakers typically given to park guests on New Year's Eve were absent. This year, only guests at select Walt Disney World resorts were given 2020 hats, which makes this once complimentary gift a thing of the past and breaks with tradition. The noisemakers weren't spotted or heard anywhere on Disney property this New Year's Eve, which was kind of a bummer. This comes after a series of budget cuts reduced holiday decor around the resort, with none of the usual decorations inside restaurants or at Toy Story Land and Disney's Hollywood Studios. The hats and noisemakers were given out last year when most offerings were still limited due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. We want Disney to bring back the magic for New Year's Eve 2022. Hopefully it's not too much to ask. I mean, it's a paper hat <laughs> and a noisemaker. Come yes. on, Disney. The amount that people are paying to be there, you can give them a paper hat. No kidding. <laughs> Do I like the paper hats? No, but you can still give them up. Uh, New Year's is low on my hierarchy of holidays. Holidays. We yes. were in contemporary last year, though, and I got to say it was really cool when they gave us a hat. Because we were just there, and so they offered us a hat, and we both took one. That's fun. I'd probably wear it there. Right. If, you know. 
I'd be excited for the paper hat. I mean, <laughs> I know it's a paper hat, but I would still, I would really love some like light up glasses or something. That they would be fun. Their game, mm. but the fact that they're cutting back is just disappointing. The prices are rising, so go ahead and give more. I think <laughs> some people went to the Dollar Tree local dollar tree or is it one is it at the 125 cent tree that's what brad's gonna call it because <laughs> it's going up but um and got like light up things which was smart for their kids i didn't see light up glasses i'm sorry to tell you stephanie <laughs> so sad news this week betty white disney legend and beloved television star has died at age of 99 which is super sad because her birthday was yes. this month so according to her agent, she passed away of natural causes on Friday morning. Um, she was best known for starring as her role as Rose Nyland in the Touchstone Pictures Golden Girls. Among her Disney credits, she's done voice work in The Simpsons, Teacher's Pet, Toy Story 4, and Forky Asks the Question on Disney+. She had her own bust amongst other Hollywood greats at the former Academy of Television, Television and Arts and Sciences Hall of Fame Plaza at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And Betty White and Ed Asner, voice of Carl Fredrickson in Disney's Pixar's Up, were the last two living cast members from the legendary sitcom, The Mary Tyler Moore Show. As we all know, Ed Asner passed away in August of last year, which is very sad. She was born in 1922, and her birthday was supposed to be on the 17th, which is like 12 days from when this airs, which is very sad. So our prayers and condolences go out to Betty's family and her friends. Um, but her humor and her spirit will definitely be missed. But we have all of the reruns and everything that we can watch of her. Mm, that was a bummer. So sad. Just 18 days from 100. Yeah, the People magazine already did that whole cover story on her. Not realizing. Not that I should know personally the status of Betty White's health day to day. But I had no idea that. I mean, you're 99, so I guess any any day could be your last, but I had no idea that anything was going on, so I hope that she passed peacefully. Um, they didn't say that part. They just said that they were trying to squelch rumors. I read another story today. It wasn't COVID. It wasn't anything. She's been laying low mm. pretty much the whole time COVID's been going on because of that. She knows of her age, and she didn't want to, like, make it worse but apparently there was i'm sure you know how media is they went crazy when she died what did she die of they didn't mm. tell us and they're like she passed away peacefully she was 99 years old yeah oh i want to live to 99 but she was 99 and she looked like she lived a pretty good life yeah she was such a bright spot in the world and she will be missed for sure she said that was the longevity of her life was finding the joy in it Oh, so the Disney College program is reportedly experiencing an outbreak of COVID-19. Surprise, surprise, kind of go along with Vicky's story from earlier on. <laughs> um, it is rampant. That's just all there is to it. There are lots of people out with COVID. Um, this has caused some cast members to be quarantined. The sources of this story, who wish to remain anonymous, reported to WDWNT that many college program participants are testing positive for COVID-19, and so they're being removed from the newly opened college program housing, which is in Flamingo Crossing. And when you're removed, you have to go to a um, 
a different nearby hotel to quarantine, which to me is like, I don't know. Can you imagine working at that hotel? Like, oh, we're yeah. the hotel that gets all of the COVID cases. <laughs> Bring them on, people. I love my job. I'm like, ah, that would be a little bit nerve-wracking. Um, but anyways, it's resulted in dozens of people kind of calling in and being unable to come to work. Um, and they are already suffering from short staff and from understaffing of so many things so right now it's just really tough time especially considering that it was like one of the busiest times where you've got new year's eve and christmas and all that like it's it's super busy at the parks and they have a ton of people who cannot make it into work because of the lovely covid right so let's uh i'm gonna make a, a connection here perhaps all of the people that work at Rock and Roller Coaster are part of the Disney College program. <laughs> <laughs> it's very likely. Um, eh, that's a bummer, but uh, you know, Omicron is so contagious, and if you're living in close quarters with people, you're bound to get it. And I don't know, I don't know what that, um, where they, what they, where they live, what it's like. Are they roommates, or you know? single rooms or how does that work <laughs> i imagine if they were in single rooms they would stay put so i wonder if they have roommates and that's why they're making them quarantine somewhere else we interviewed a college program when ben was in the college program Kaylee, was weren't they in a room of four didn't he say yeah it's like a college apartment kind of thing where the center is the living area and then the two rooms on either side so that would make sense why they're sending them somewhere else to quarantine but i was thinking of that stephanie it makes you think <laughs> to of be that hotel. I know. Like, <laughs> those um, your COVID cases. Yeah, those employees over. are going to be in the hazmat suits from Monsters <laughs> Inc. Crazy. Here's an interesting story. There was an incident at Disneyland Resort where a guest was believed to be armed on December 28th. So they thought that this guest brought a weapon into the Golden Horseshoe restaurant and started threatening cast members. According to a Disneyland spokesperson, there was a, quote, belligerent guest situation, but the guest was unarmed and management was able to successfully resolve the incident. The cast members were still shaken up, but Disney doesn't believe the situation ever posed any danger to guests of the Golden Horseshoe. Disney is thankful the situation wasn't as serious as it first seemed. However, the incident was serious enough that Golden Horseshoe was closed early for the evening. But the stage door quick service windows outside remained open. I'm curious um, if the person wasn't armed, what did they think was a weapon? <laughs> well, I was wondering, I don't know if you ever watched that movie, Tammy, where she just sticks her hand in a paper bag and points like uh. this. And I was wondering, were they just playing around? And so somebody thought it was a gun? Because they wouldn't have been Who able knows? to get through security. Well, he, I mean, hearing that they were belligerent, like they were clear, they could have very easily been doing what you're saying, Vicky. You know, yeah. if they're just being wild and obnoxious, mm. they don't care if they're trying to make people scared. Um, this isn't something that is a story that we report reported on or that came from a source it's just a a story that i i read on facebook um somebody's client um and it was one of those like passed down they got kicked out of the park because they tried to um bring in a pocket knife just a pocket knife um and they were told to bring it back to their resort 
and they decided instead of going all the way back to the resort, they didn't want to waste that time. So they snuck away and they tried to hide it in the bushes. Oh yeah. This is Did you read that one? We did this on our own crazy things at Disney. Yeah, we did that one. Oh. And then was it then, Epcot? He, then he proceeded to steal the knives, the steak knives. No, Wait, I don't what? know about that part. I, okay. I heard this one. <laughs> okay, so then this guy, so he tried to hide it um, in the bushes. And all they did, all Disney did was they followed him. And then they were like, yeah, you, this is not okay. You have to, and so they confiscated the knife. So he was upset. So for the next four days, he went into restaurants at each of the parks and he stole steak knives from the restaurants inside of the parks. And on his fourth day, he went up to guest service outside of the parks and he showed them the four knives that he stole and carried around with him at the parks each day and said, it's just as easy for me to get a knife anywhere I want to get a knife. And they, of course, immediately <laughs> kicked him off property what and an said, idiot. you are done with Disney for life. Like we're calling you a cab. Get out. We'll see you never. Oh, <laughs> God. Like, what? what you got away with it and then you just turned yourself in like what is wrong with you <laughs> that individual needs to um go take some yoga classes or do something meditate and his, his wife and three children were then stuck at disney without him and shoot the wife said i'm gonna continue on my trip i was gonna say <laughs> uh, goodbye you were the dork that did that why why yeah exactly i was just i read it and i was like why why would you do that what's wrong with you this is my friendly reminder to listeners that disney is a privately owned company and they have rules you don't go to somebody's house and disobey their house rules it's not polite so don't go to disney and disobey their house rules it's not cool just don't do it and they gave yeah. you a warning it's not like they yeah they didn't kick you, know. you out right away yeah you just made it so much worse on yourself way to go so his picture now comes up on the screen <laughs> do not let this person in do not let this person in all right so bob Iger's official last day was this past friday december 31st um i just felt like he'd been there for so long we needed to do some give him some more love so i found an article um we are grateful for his leadership and we know that he had a heart and a love for the company and we're gonna miss that about him the variety magazine interviewed him um as the feature article for this week and i so i took out just just a very little bit of what was in the article this week. Uh, it said that Bob Iger can step away knowing that few, if any, media leaders had claimed as an impressive of a track record at any one enterprise as he achieved over his time atop Disney with such pivotal creative and a creative transactions as the acquisitions of Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and 21st Century Fox. As someone who always embraced rather than fought new technologies, Iger leaned into the future and made Disney's content available across multiple platforms, launching ESPN Plus in 2018, Disney Plus just a year later. In doing so, he transformed a nearly century-old traditional studio into a modern-day digital juggernaut with direct access to consumers. Under his leadership, Disney was the first studio to have its TV content on iTunes, in 2005 and in a, then just a year later was the first to stream ad supported tv content for free 
Iger also spearheaded the company's international expansion, opening Hong Kong Disneyland Resort in 2005 and the Shanghai Disney Resort in 2016, marking his 40th trip to China in the past 18 years. He drove the reinvigoration of Disney's failing animation studios by installing Pixar chiefs John Lasseter and Ed Catmull at the helm. Disney's value has shot up nearly five times what it was when Iger took over. Its market cap increased from $48.5 billion to $240 billion, which is close to a 400% increase. Thank you, Bob Iger, for the memories. We miss you. Come back. Yeah. I know. I know that is such a rumor I, that that was going on the whole time we were there is do we think that Bob Chapik, a.k.a. Paycheck, is going to be there for very long? Hopefully not. Well, that's, we, this lady struck up a conversation. She ended up being a teacher and I gave her my card so she could uh, not to book a trip so that we could get our classes together. She was a teacher in New York. And I thought, how cool would that be for our, our classes to talk to each other because they're from such different areas? But she was asking Brad and I, and I guess we just looked like we knew what we were talking about. And she's like, so let me get this straight. I paid to get in the park. I paid to stay at their resort. And now they want me to pay to have this Genie Plus thing. Do you think that's really worth it? Well, we were at Animal Kingdom and we're like, probably not here. What were you wanting to do? Well, none of the stuff that she wanted to do was stuff that she really needed to worry about having Genie Plus. Kilimanjaro. Yes, you might have to wait a little while, but you'll get on it. Uh, the Festival of the Lion King and there was one other thing and it, none of it was like Flight of Passage or anything like that. It was things that she could just get on. In fact, she said she'd like to just sit in uh, Festival of the Lion King the whole day. But anyway, in case you're listening, Gwendolyn, thank you. It was so nice to meet you. So she ended up talking to us until it was time for Festival of the Lion King and then sat with us as well. So fun. A new Disney friend. I know. So fun. You make those all over. The guests aboard the Disney Fantasy were unable to debark the ship at St. Thomas on December 30th due to the rise in COVID-19 cases. I got a lot of COVID stories for y'all folks. Um, And this was a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise, and it was supposed to return to Port Canaveral on Sunday, January 2nd. The ship docked at St. Thomas but Captain Jason informed guests over the intercom they would not be permitted ashore. According to the captain, there were passengers in quarantine aboard the ship. Reports indicate less than 1% of the crew and passengers were quarantined. Of course, you have to be vaccinated in order to go on um, any of the cruises. First-hand accounts report that guests were debarking the Carnival Magic, which was docked next to the Fantasy at St. Thomas at 9.30 a.m. The Fantasy left St. Thomas to spend the day at sea instead. It's still scheduled to visit Castaway Cay um, on Saturday. That wasn't something they had to skip. Passengers that were aboard the Disney Fantasy received 20% off a future cruise and a $200 credit for onboard purchases. So they did take care of their passengers and um, make it right that they weren't able to get off the ship. The Disney Fantasy was previously under investigation by the CDC and is currently under observation. The other three Disney Cruise Line ships are under investigation, as are several other cruise ships. So it is important to remember when they say less than 1%, that still can be a lot of people. Um, The Disney Fantasy holds up to 4,000 passengers and almost 1,500 
crew members. So one person is still a lot of people who possibly could, um, were already quarantined. So that is the one thing that I think is hard for people to understand is they could test negative for COVID prior to getting on the ship, but actually test positive later on on the ship. There's really no way for other than shutting down and Disney doesn't want to do that again. So, yeah. um, well, it's outbreaks are happening everywhere. True. It's not just like, oh, well, if you are on a cruise, you're just in for it. Like, I mean, anywhere you can get it anywhere <laughs> right, right now. Um, it's a bummer that they weren't able to get off of their cruise ship, but it is nice that Disney and I think 20% off a future cruise and $200 credit on board, like, good hey, deal. That makes up for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You probably had a good day at sea with an extra 200 bucks in your pocket. Right. So, I think they were okay. So last Tuesday, December 28th at Epcot, Living with the Land and Mission Space were down in the morning. This caused long lines at the other attractions in the park. Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is an individual attractions tra- I can't speak an individual attraction selection that's always a mouthful and it was sold out by 11:30 I know yeah. <laughs> Lightning Lane access was theoretically still available for living with the land emission space but both were closed the wait for the seas with Nemo and friends was around 55 minutes the inside of the seas was crowded and guests were lining up for turtle talk Lightning Lane Access ran out for Frozen Ever After, and it had a 120-minute wait. It was the same story at Test Track with a 105-minute wait. Journey into Imagination with Figment reached a 60-minute wait. Whew, that's a long time for that one. Yes, Um, it is. There was even a line for Awesome Planet inside the Land Pavilion. Each day, Disney continues to have glitches with their Genie Plus system. Hopefully, these glitches will be solved sooner than later. Um, how much do you think, you know, the busiest time of year at Disney World, plus an imperfect Genie Plus system, <laughs> it's just kind of a perfect storm? It really, it really is. I mean, I expected, like I said, my, our worst day was Hollywood Studios, which we anticipated anyway. Um, we were not at Epcot on this day. We had a very, our Epcot day was Christmas Day, and honestly, there was not as many people i heard cast members saying there was not as many people in the park as normally on christmas and actually kaylee and i were saying when we were there on december the 30th in magic kingdom there were more people when we were there with gina in october during that first month of the 50th there were more people there like waiting for the firework i mean it was just it was scary like we weren't scared this time we weren't thrilled because people were still trying to shove you out of the way to get where you know where they wanted and stuff but it was nothing like that. And we're used to Christmas crowds. Um, the one thing I was going to tell you guys that I, um, Kaylee might have put it in our notes to put in the show, but I think it's funny. So on Living with the Land now, it says to protect our ride and the, and our whatever produce or something, please make sure to stay inside your boat or your watercraft until you're at the end of the ride. And I'm like, it's so sad. They had to put that because that lady stole a cucumber. Oh, no. No cucumber picking, guys. But it made me smile, though, I? When I heard it, I was like, oh, good night. Here we <laughs> you're go. You're like, I know why. I know why they did that. <laughs> I know. And probably some people are like, really? Why would somebody get out of here? But anyway. 
So the New Year's Eve celebrations returned to Disney this year. The crowds for the events were incredibly crazy. The guests were packed in Epcot like sardines. We were not there on New Year's Eve, by the way. And we find this incredibly crazy considering Florida is a hotspot for COVID right now. The New Year's countdown fireworks began at 11.54 at Epcot and the show was similar to years past, except for this year, they used Sarah's famous <laughs> harmonious barges in the World Showcase Lagoon. And uh, we had to send that picture to uh, Sarah on Christmas day where we ate our lunch and our view is blocked by the barges. <laughs> Kaylee's like, you have to send this to Sarah. <laughs> yes, it made me laugh, thank you. But over at the Magic Kingdom, Fantasy in the Sky was performed December 30th and 31st at 11.50 p.m. It lit the skies above Cinderella's castle. Uh, new this year was laser effects on the castle, utilizing tech installed for the new Disney's Enchantment show. And the perimeter fireworks were also modified as they were for other recent shows that add the extra launches. That was a plus for us because we originally had what would have been the normal firework time scheduled at Plaza Restaurant. And then we decided since the kids and my mom were going home the next day and they had to be up and to the airport leaving at four o'clock in the morning that we needed to see if we could move it up. And Brad kept playing with the app until he finally got it moved up to um, 6.20, which was perfect because the fireworks started at six o'clock. We didn't, I mean, I know we reported on it, but I wasn't even thinking about that when he was changing our reservation. So we got to see the fireworks from our table in the plaza like we did part of it until they called us for our reservation because people were not leaving the restaurant specifically for that mm. um but it's a really cool party scene and i know i apologize i will put those up listeners and you guys the video for um the 30th because we were there for that party it is really cool they have djs in all the lands and they have a dj that plays on the castle and they're continually doing the snope for the snow on main street it is a really cool time and again it was not crazy like it usually is it was almost eerie that it kind of cleared out and people had room like almost you could put your arms out and go in a circle and not touch somebody that's because people were spreading out so that was nice felt like the old times to some extent oh old times <laughs> okay um so this one is is a, a, a bit confusing and hard to follow. So yeah. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> go ahead and try your very best. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the details of this, and you guys are gonna have to tell me what your opinion. Who would you side with? <laughs> I think I know who I would side with, but I mean, you guys might be able to to persuade me one way or another because maybe I'm just not seeing the facts um, <laughs> the the correct way. I don't know. But um, the International Union of Operating Engineers, which we're going to go ahead and call the IUOE, is suing Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Hotels over their, and get this, $1.05 million event cancellation penalty. That was the first thing that threw me off. Like, that's a, the cancellation penalty? Like, was that a 0% refund? Yeah. Because that's a lot of money. Right that's there. a lot of money. Um, they filed a lawsuit in the U.S. District Courts Orlando Division on Tuesday, December 28th. About 400 people were expected to travel from the USA and Canada, and they were supposed to stay at the Walt Disney World Swan Hotel for this uh, meeting that they had on January 27th 
through February 5th of 2022. So that's, to me, plenty of time to cancel. Like they already filed this December 28th. They weren't even supposed to be staying for another month. Just I know in Disney in general, lets you cancel 30 days before. Now, since this was a contracted thing, maybe those rules are a bit different, but it wasn't like they called the night before and said, hey, right, we can't come. Can you fill these rooms? I'm sure that Swan and Dolphin was then able to get a lot of these rooms filled. So maybe there should be some sort of penalty, but I'm not quite sure that this $1.05 million penalty was quite necessary. I don't know. Um, anyways, they notified on December 2nd, so this is almost two months prior that they were going to be canceling due to COVID-19 concerns. Um, they created this contract though, December of 2018. So way before any COVID stuff had happened. Uh, the hotel totally refused to cancel without the penalty. Uh, which equaled approximately how much profit the event was supposed to generate for the hotel, including the rooms and the food. And so basically the IUOE is saying, no way, we were not going to send our guests with COVID the way it is. It's dangerous for them because of the rise of COVID-19 cases. And, you know, the CDC is saying, and they're, they're saying because of COVID, they did not want to continue this contract. Um, and the resort is saying, too bad, so sad. We have a contract and you're breaching it. So you're going to pay anyways. Um, what What do you guys think? Do you think they should have to pay all of the money? They had a contract, they broke it. If it says specifically in the contract, those are the, you know, those are the stipulations. If you back out, um, that you're responsible for everything, then so be it. Um, I know it's it's tough, but does it know... make you want to laugh and say that's why we say get trip insurance? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know like this is not quite the same, but around here there was a camp when COVID broke out in March of 2020, and summer camps started being canceled all across the globe. Um, this camp would not issue refunds to the families that paid for it because in the fine print, they specifically had a clause about a global pandemic, which most people don't, but they did. So they weren't issuing refunds because it was there in the wording that, you know, if there was a pandemic, it was not going, you know, if there was a pandemic, there would still be no um, refunds issued. So I think it all just depends on what the contract says. If they backed out of the contract, then it's not Disney's responsibility or Swan and Dolphin Hotel. Um, it's not their responsibility to be nice. They're conducting business. And that's that's kind of where I was with it, Sarah, is thinking yeah. like, well, it was in your contract, or, or I don't know if it wasn't, but like you did have a contract, like an actual contract. This isn't just a 30-day cancellation policy yeah. type thing. But then the other part is like 400 people, you can probably fill a certain amount of those rooms, maybe not all of them, so maybe they still have to pay something, but it's not like you're just going to leave those 400 rooms empty. I don't know. It's just business is business and business doesn't is. have feelings. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just... not personal. It's business, you know? 
<laughs> yeah. You didn't, you backed out of the contract. Now you're liable. Honestly, I feel like they probably knew before December 2nd that they needed to, and they were holding out. Do you know what I'm saying? Like maybe there was a, you know how like if you cancel within a year, then you get the whole amount or if you cancel, you know, like, I don't know. Cause I can't, I'm not reading the contract, but. But I don't even think they should have canceled like it's almost like oh we, we can't afford it because I mean how many people are still going to Disney anyways it's True. not like it got so bad that everybody's canceling their trips like n- no maybe some of the people don't feel comfortable enough going but they could have still held this convention or whatever it was and just let the people who were then they probably wouldn't have lost as much money yeah who knows how it'll go but that's the story I don't know. If they broke contract, I'm going to I'm going to think Disney's going to win on this one. <laughs> oh yeah, they're really good about yeah, that's one thing you don't want to mess with. If they have a contract, it doesn't have loopholes. No. I mean, even like the trip insurance isn't really covering COVID. Right. Like if you have COVID and you you can't just back out of your trip and say, "Sorry, I've got COVID. Can you refund me?" Like, no. They might move your trip for you but they aren't going to give you your money back. There's no such thing even with trip insurance. So yeah, I don't see, I don't see this going the way that they're hoping it will go. <laughs> that's a lot of money. So I feel like we've had a lot of like sad, bad news today. So I'm sorry to end on this note <laughs> as well. Um, we've had another wave of cancellations hit the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser as it prepares for its maiden voyage on March 1st. Since our last update, sailing dates have opened up for April through July. Previously, only one date was available in April and in June, but there are now seven each month. Two more dates have also opened up in May for a total of nine available departures. The first departure of July was previously sold out, but it has also become available. This leaves the entire month of July and August with full availability. September has now been added to the calendar with just one set of dates unavailable. March still has two available dates, though one set of dates has changed. So while the departures on March 15th were rebooked, there were new cancellations for March 31st. The Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser has a strict payment and cancellation policy. Cruises must be paid in full 90 days before arrival, and any cancellations beyond the 90-day mark will only receive 50% of um, the payment refunded. Cancellations within 30 days will not be eligible for a refund. So, <laughs> If this yeah. is how the regular guests, <laughs> you can understand the corporation contract. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really surprise me. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make me sad for Disney. It doesn't like there's. It kind of makes me happy that there's a couple, of, like spots available for people who didn't get to get spots originally. I feel like there's a lot of people who very greedily snatched up kind of like a lot is happening with dining reservations and everything else, where people are just taking even things that they know that they don't want and hoarding them in hopes that they can give them to someone or even charge someone for their reservation. Um, so the, to me, it just feels like, well, maybe that happened and they found out it didn't work in their favor and now they had to give up that reservation. So now maybe somebody else can can make the reservation they want it. I don't know. I feel like we finally hit the 
this cost too much ceiling. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Like, are <laughs> they trying to pay off this building in one year? That's what I feel like. <laughs> Not really. That's probably not realistic, but that's a large sum of money for what Sarah reminds us, a two-night adventure. Yes. Um, I mean, it'd be great if people were trying to really give it give it to the man and saying, like, I'm not paying it. And then they realized, oh, because so far we've just forked over the cash, like very merry and... You know, the, the Halloween parties, people just went ahead and paid it, even though it was ridiculously expensive. And it, it would kind of be nice for Disney to, to find out that, no, we're, we're done. We're not paying that much. Drop the prices. I think it was you, Sarah, so if it wasn't, correct me. But I think so many people were wanting to travel that they were willing to pay that because they didn't travel for two years. So they probably had two years worth of vacation money stored up. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, I think it was Sarah that made that comment another week saying that people were just excited and so maybe that's why they paid the other places. But those were elevated pricing. This is insane pricing. I'm sorry. $6,000, you can take a Disney cruise. Yeah. For more than two days. <laughs> what they're offering isn't enough. Yeah, it's just you could do so many other things with that money. Um. And this is coming from a Star Wars. I mean, I know, yeah, that's Star what I Wars feel fan. bad for you and other Star Wars, real Star Wars fans that know every detail and the history of everything because they were looking forward to it and now can they afford it? Probably not. Well, thank you, Miss Sarah, for joining Stephanie and myself today for the rumors and news. We want to wish our colleague Gina to get well. She was supposed to be with us, but she is struggling with an illness. We hope is not covid um, but whatever it is, she'll be back with us again, I'm sure soon. If you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or text us at 636-395-0544. If you'd like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, you can text us, Sarah, Stephanie, or myself, Vicki, at 636-395-0544. Or you can email us at yourstorytravel.com. Just a reminder that a $200 deposit will hold your resort and ticket package reservation. And be sure to listen to Friday's show. This week, Vicki's family is going to be sharing the first part of their Disney Christmas trip. As always, thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, girls, I think it's about that time. Disney love. May all your dreams come true. Have a magical day, my friends. 